The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you have an opinion about your favorite soaps? Are you looking for a place to talk about what's hot or what's not on The Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, The Young and the Restless, or maybe even All My Children? Well, this is your chance. The phone lines are open all hour for your calls today on Soap Central Live. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, the judge and jury for this proceedings that we like to call Soap Central Live. For the next hour, if there are no objections from anyone out there, we'll be talking about anything and everything soap. But if there are objections, I hope that you'll wait for a really dramatic moment before you burst into the room and let everyone know what your objection is. I mean, it wouldn't be a soap if it weren't at least somewhat dramatic. This is what we do here every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of fun, an hour of soap. Sometimes we're far more serious than others. Uh, sometimes we have some hitting topics. Other times it's just a, a bunch of craziness. Somewhere in all of that is a happy medium, and I think that's what we're going to be talking today. Now, if you're wondering why there were so many court-related references in my opening monologue this week, well, it's because I've just come back from serving on jury duty. That got me thinking about all of dramatic soap opera courtroom scenes that have played out over the years, so we're probably going to talk about those. Maybe when you call in, we'll be asking you to share yours. I've also sent out a tweet uh, just a little bit ago asking fans to pick their favorite moments and share them with us on Twitter. You can tweet at Soap Central to share your favorite soap opera courtroom scenes. There are a lot of them out there already. I'll be reading some of those during the course of the next show. But because of my being on jury duty... I wasn't sure that I was going to be here for this week's show, so I made some contingency plans to have a special guest host just in case I was still locked up somewhere in a courtroom. That actually sounds kind of fun. Uh, Soaps in Depth's Richard Sims will be joining me in just a few moments, but there also are some extra special guests on this week's show that I wanted to make sure that I introduce. Today's guests come from both large cities and small towns. Some are male, some are female. Some are young, some are old, some watch The Bold and the Beautiful, others watch Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, The Young and the Restless. Are you confused? Well, you shouldn't be because I'm actually describing you. Yes, you. I'm 
pointing a, a happy finger in your general direction. There's been so much going on in the world of soaps lately that my Twitter feed, my Facebook feed, my email have just been blowing up with thoughts and comments. So I thought that this would be the best opportunity to open up the phone lines all hour long to you, the soap fans, to see what has you talking, to find out what you think is hot or not on your favorite soaps. We're going to be taking your calls all hour long. So if you've ever wanted to talk to someone about what's going on in your favorite soaps, this is the time. The phone lines are open right now. All you have to do is call us at 866-472-5788. Again, it's 866-472-5788. If for some reason you can't call in, perhaps you're guilty of being nervous, you can always join us on Twitter, at Soap Central, or on our official Facebook page, facebook.com slash Soap Central. There are threads and posts and comments there that you can get involved at any time. And as I said, I'll be poking around there to see what you guys are saying during the course of the show. So let's get on to my special guest co-host this week. He is a friend of the show, and I think if my math abacus is working he is the guest with the most appearances here on soap central live in the world of soaps richard sims is the executive editor of soaps in depth magazine he's also an avid tweeter of programs outside of daytime he is an author and he is here now richard welcome back to soap central live thanks i like to think of myself as sort of an alternate juror you know you had jury duty so i was sort of the alternate uh, juror Although I guess if I was the alternate juror, I could have gotten picked for the same case as you, and then neither of us would be here. And I don't know. I guess I guess Matt would have to. Your 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 technician would have to host the show, which could, in and of itself, be kind of fun. Actually, I I wonder if we can do that now. We can go kick off somewhere and go and do something, and let him run the show. That'd be amazing. <laughs> He's actually Let's sending me a it. message now. I have a response, no, with about 17 O's on the end of that. So I'm guessing that's not going to be uh, an option. But, you know, we'll, we'll keep that in the back of our minds just in case in the future something pops up. Richard, since you were maybe thinking that you would have to host this show on your own, did you have any sort of planned introduction that you were working on? If you'd like to use it now, I'll let you use it so it doesn't go to waste. Are you kidding? Have you ever listened to my show? Have you ever heard me do an introduction? I babble, and then I say, okay, what do you want to talk about? That's pretty much what I was going to do here, too. I will say, though, since you were on jury duty, and whether even, you know whether you were going to be here or not, like you, that sort of got me thinking about soap courtrooms and soap, soap trials, which I've always had a love-hate relationship with soap opera trials because they tend to be... You know, they're sort of cliched, they're sort of, they can be dragged out, um, you know, I, I think a great recent example was Sammy's trial on Days of Our Lives when she was on trial for having shot and killed Bernardi. That trial did a really great job of just when I was pretty much done with it, they wrapped it up, and they wrapped it up in a great way with that whole, you know, Stefano EJ scene where it sort of changed the dynamics of the entire thing, but my all-time favorite soap when it came to trials was The Edge of Night. And that makes sense since oh. it was very much a, you know, a crime drama. Um, it was, it, it, you know, they didn't have really doctors. They had lawyers and cops and stuff. And I remember a particular case, which um, I interviewed the actress from it a while back on my show. Uh, Louise Schaefer was playing twin, well, she was playing twin sisters, Serena and Josie Faraday. 
and uh, I believe it was Serena. Yes, yeah, Serena was on trial for murder. And there was an, an episode that the entire thing was um, Adam, uh, whose name I can't remember. I can't believe I can't remember. It's my all-time favorite show. Anyway, the attorney was Adam, Adam Drake. Adam Drake was questioning Serena. And during the course of the scenes, Serena crumbled, and you discovered that Serena, there was no Josie. Josie and Serena were alternate personalities. She ripped off her wig, and the and the episode ended. <laughs> I, I'm getting chills just remembering it. The episode ended with Louise Schaefer just collapsing on the stand and letting out this horrible, guttural sound that just to this day haunts me. I've, I've posted it. It's on YouTube. I've posted it before. And it's just one of the most amazing courtroom scenes ever, ever filmed. That, I don't think I've seen that. I'm going to have to go and, and poke around on YouTube to see if I can find that. But I'm telling you, there is one that really is the choice of most of the folks who have responded to my tweet. They really like the Judith Light on the witness stand on one life to live. I'm reading uh, some of the tweets. We have uh, El Adrian who quoted the entire, uh, what do you want everyone to hear? That I am a common hooker, like Katrina Carr. I'm probably not going to win an Emmy for that, but that's okay. Uh, that Margo Dane was my pimp. That was her <laughs> take on it. Uh, I mean, where else can you hear this but on Soap Central Live? We have a couple of others. We have a uh, number one I Love Lucy fan who said, When Deidre Hall's Marlena tells Don that Kellum raped her, I get chills down my spine to this day. There are actually a couple other people who uh, are mentioning that as well. But the the Judith Light one really does seem to be number one. And then there are a couple of people who mentioned one that I uh, posted earlier as well. I said that I was waiting for someone to come and rip my pregnancy pad off while I'm on the witness stand at court, a reference to a, a Greenlee and Kendall tiff, shall we say, that took place on All My Children almost 10 years ago, I think, which is a really long time ago, but maybe Hard it's not to quite believe. Jeez, I, 10 I know. years. Where does time Go And I guess sometimes you can say, where does time go when you're watching a storyline that is driving you nuts? Something that you said that was interesting about the Days of Our Lives storyline with Sammy's trial was that you, you, you mentioned that the, the storyline wrapped up just as you were sort of tiring of it, which is fascinating to me because Days of Our Lives has taped scenes 37 years in advance. So they really have no idea of knowing how fans are reacting to it. So the fact that they're taping so far in advance, really, you know, four or five months at some point, and they're somehow able to telegraph just the right length of a storyline really is, you know what, is you know kind of fascinating. Is? You know what that is? I really believe this. We don't see it enough in television right now, uh, in, in soaps, certainly, but it's, having faith in the story that you're telling. You know, these writers have, I cannot tell you, we've discussed this before, time after time, they'll start a story, and I'll be like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this. There's, you know, this is, this is trite, this is, you know, this is cliched, this is... And yet, their stories are so well told, and, they're, and they're, their timing is perfect, and you're right. Usually, you know, because, you know, General Hospital, for example, is like probably only two or three weeks ahead. Uh, you know, we're often doing, trying to do interviews for our next cover story, and the actors will be like, oh, yeah, I haven't even seen a script for that yet. 
Um, so that makes it a lot easier to turn something around that's not working. Days of our lives, you know, the people behind the scenes obviously have a lot of faith in their writers, in their executive producers, and 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 it's paying off. It really is. It's it's when you have faith and you don't tinker with it, Brian Frog, you know, you get you hire these people to tell stories. Trust that they know what they're doing and and let them take you on the journey that they want to take you on. And it pays off. Well, sometimes not even the actors that are involved in the storylines know how it's going to play out. And I think one of the recent examples that comes to mind for me is the fact that Torsten K is sort of going into his new role as Ridge Forrester on The Bold and the Beautiful with a sense of humor, knowing that it may be somewhat controversial on two fronts that he's taking on the role. One, uh, he'll be taking over a role that Ron Moss created uh, as an original character on The Bold and Beautiful, but he's also leaving All My Children, where he played Zack Slater, so he's concerned that there may be All My Children fans who are upset or disappointed. He's concerned that maybe there are some Bold and the Beautiful fans who uh, may not be thrilled with the fact that the role was recast. I think in an interview with TV Guides, Michael Logan, he'd said, uh, you know, if I'm not tarred and feathered after the first couple of weeks, maybe I'll consider moving my family to L.A. so that, uh, you know, we can settle down there and I don't have to travel back and forth. But, I mean, it, that's, that was a stunning bit of, of casting news that came out, one of the biggest in – quite some time. I want to argue that it's bigger than when Steve Burton went to The Young and the Restless because that really wasn't... Completely agree. That was sort of telegraphed. We sort of saw that coming. This came out of left field. This came out of nowhere, Richard. Completely. Absolutely completely out of left field. I have to say this has actually torn my household asunder. I think (laughs) it's a brilliant... I think it's brilliant. I think it's, you know, thinking outside the box. I think... I, I can't wait to see him in the role. Charlie feels the exact opposite. Charlie thinks really? it's uh, he thinks it's a disaster. He thinks you know he looks nothing like Ridge. He doesn't have Ridge's persona. He doesn't, um, and and he thinks he thinks it's going to you know not be very successful. I you know I'm better than some people, especially you know soap fans. Soap fans can be a very passionate lot. I tend to be a little better at rolling with the punches than some people. And I looked at this and said, you know, I get that all my children fans could be upset about this. Although, honestly, a lot of the all my children fans that I've talked to, how they react to it depends on whether they are, you know, all my children fans or fans of Torsten K. I right. think a lot of Torsten's fans are really thrilled with this because, let's face it, he made the decision between a show that we don't at this point even, it's supposed to go into production next week, and still nobody is confirming that that's happening. He made a decision between a show that has been a little, you know, everything around it's been a little bit sketchy, you know, and, you know even, even the fact that all of a sudden they had seasons when we weren't supposed to have seasons, <laughs> and a show that, you know, has been on for for decades, and would would be giving him guaranteed, you know, employment unless of course, like he said, it's a huge disaster and they say, Oh wait, it wasn't really Ridge. It was Taylor in its disguise. And he rips off his mask and it's actually Obrecht. I think you may have switched some things out there, but I don't know if Charlie listens to the show. He probably should. As far as uh Torsten not looking anything like what 
Ron Moss does. Cassie DePiva didn't look anything like the original Blair did, and we see that worked out amazingly and wonderful. But let's see what a fan in the wild has to say about this whole casting coup. We have Kathy from New Jersey who wants to weigh in on this. So, Kathy, welcome to Soap Central Live. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks. Anytime. Drop on by. So you have, you have some thoughts. Uh, I'd be, I mean, I'll let you go. I'm not even going to ask you what aspect of it you find fascinating first, but let's just hear what you think. Okay. I am absolutely excited that this is happening. I welcome the change. It is long overdue that the character of Ridge is brought back with everything that has happened with Steffi and um, the whole pregnancy issue. Uh, also, the issue with the shares magically leaving Thomas going over back to Eric. I think that Thorson will bring a fresh look to the character of Ridge. And I want fans to realize, you know, we've been through these changes before. Bold and the Beautiful fans should realize Jeff Tracta was the original Thorn. But when he left and Windsor Harmon took over the role as Thorn, there were a lot of fans who were turned off by that. But once Windsor came in, he made the uh, role his own. And I can also go to our Young and the Restless fans when Terry Lester and Brenda Dixon left as Jack and Joe, respectively. People were upset as well, but as you know, when Peter Bergman and Jess Walton stepped in, they made the characters their own. So I believe that Thorson is going to bring it. I think it's going to be wonderful. I think on uh, General Hospital as well, there were you know a bunch of different Carlys. Maybe there was one of them that I can think of that didn't maybe work out the way that they'd hoped. But certainly there were three actresses, uh, Laura Wright, Sarah Brown, and Tamara Brown, uh, Braun, who... Uh, you know, they were able to win over fans immediately. So what I want to ask you, Kathy, before I let Richard have a question, because I know that he has a good question for you, what I want to find out is if this were not Torsten K coming in, let's say this were you know, Bob Smith, do you think that you would still be as excited? You'd mentioned that you think that the character needs to be there, that it's sort of a, a glaring hole in the story to not have this character there. If it were any other actor, even an unknown actor, do you think that this would be as good of a decision to bring him back? Um, from my opinion, and I can't speak for a lot of soap fans, I believe that the character needs to be in place no matter who plays it, okay. as long as they can... You know, transcend the role of uh, Ridge. I know that Ron Moss is the quintessential Ridge, and a lot of fans, from what I've seen on the soap boards, you know, they say that. But there are also a lot of fans that are divided and want to see Thorsten take over the role. Um, I think that he's going to be an excellent addition to the cast, and he's going to bring a whole new perspective of Ridge. I never thought that a character should look as a you know, as the quintessential character, I didn't think that Bradley Bell was going to go for a Ron Moss clone. I believe that he was looking for a new direction or to take Ridge into a new direction, and I think that he's going to fill the bill. I really do. Well, you know what? I just saw that with something that you must have said, Kathy, has set the lines on fire. So I'm going to forgo the extra line of questions from Richard to see what some of the other fans have to say. But I want to thank you so much for calling in on our big 199th show. Oh, thank you. Oh, next week is your 200th? 
<laughs> Next week is his 200. Shh, don't tell. Oh, I Richard. see. I'm not good enough for the 200 <laughs> show. I get the 199. That's just the way that it worked out. So you, I know you have some thoughts on on how this is going to sort of play out more than uh, you know just what you you had said. Do you think if do you think that the uh, that the bold and the beautiful will force this? If for some reason no, it seems no. you don't, you really don't. Nope. I think I think they are very smart. I think they will you know play it by ear for for a month or two, see how it sorts out. I think. You know, going back to something you had asked, Kathy, I think had they brought an unknown in, this would be a completely different story. Right now we're seeing a lot of, you know, now you can never tell with Twitter. Twitter is obviously, you know, a small fraction of the audience, but the Twitter response that I saw was largely positive, very, very, very positive. I think if you had brought an unknown in or a lesser name even, I think that we would be seeing something completely completely different. And I think the other thing that it really that really helps with this recast is the fact that Ron Moss left of his own volition. Had they re- had they just like said, you know what, we're just going to get rid of Ron Moss and bring in somebody else. I think you would have seen, you know, the skies would have fallen and fans would be furious. But the fact of the matter is Ron left, you know, I have absolutely no doubt that, you know, if he wanted to come back, they would welcome him back, but he didn't want to come back. So I, I think, you know, that there's a couple things that are really, really, really playing in their favor. I thought the Jeff Tracta and um, Winder Harmon com- uh, comparison was a really good one, although I will say they were sort of very similar in look. You know, this is a really different tone. You know, this is, Torsten Kay is about as far away from Ron Moss as <laughs> I am from, well, well Torsten Kay, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's a big it's a risk. I think B&B will watch reaction really carefully, but I think it's, I really think it's going to pay off for them. And thank you again, Kathy, for your call. I appreciate it. Thank you. So you'd mentioned if it doesn't work, that perhaps, Richard, they could have Ridge rip off a mask and show that he was Taylor, (laughs) who was possibly Dr. Obrecht, who was possibly me or someone else, who knows, that does sort of work us into talking about General Hospital. How many masks do they have waiting to be used in their storage facility, do we think? You know, I have to say, I think the best tweet that I got today, you know, I try and live tweet the show whenever possible, and um, I have reached a zen place with General Hospital. (laughs) I had a problem with it for a while, and I have reached a zen place where, and again, this is something that Charlie and I vehemently disagree on. Um, I actually find the show wildly, wildly entertaining. Charlie does not. um, Because, you know, he, it's not giving him what he wants from a classic soap. And I, and I, you know, said to him, I agree. It's not the bold and the beautiful. You know, it's not classic soap. It's kind of, campy, kind of over-the-top, fast-moving action soap, and when you go into it with that attitude, it's awesome, awesome soap opera. But the best tweet I got today, as we were talking, they had a scene in which uh, Patrick was talking to Liz, and Liz was telling him, you know, that it was just his imagination, this whole phone call from Robin, and he had to, you know, move on, and someone said, wow, they've had both Anna and uh, Liz talking about how people don't come back from the dead, despite mm-hmm. the fact that both of them are currently dating people who came back from the dead. It's and that is, a big, that is a really big problem for me with soaps in general and GH in particular right now is 
you know, it's really, there's no investment in a dead character where, in death when everybody comes back to, comes back to life. That, that bothers me a little bit. But the mask stuff today with Obrecht, again, looking at it from just a sheer entertainment value, I died. I mean, I knew it was coming. I, you know, I, I knew like two weeks ago this was coming. And I just, my mind was blown watching it unfold. And the reason is Kathleen Gotti's performance. It could have been really tacky, really bad, really, you know, bad soap over the top. But when he asked her to put on that mask, the look of indignation on her face, the tears in her eyes. I mean, once again, what could be a really, really cartoonish character, we felt her pain. We saw how humiliated she was. And it just elevated this to, 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 good, to really, really, really good soap opera. We like her here. We're going to hopefully try to have her on the show. But you mentioned that you're in a Zen moment. I'm going to let everyone out there channel their inner Tina Turner, I guess, with their nam yo renge kyo, nam yo renge kyo. If you're all Zen and in a happy place, that's good because we're going to go to the phone lines. <laughs> we're going to and take a phone call from Bonnie, who is a frequent guest here from up in Massachusetts. Bonnie, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thanks, Dan. Well, thank you so much for calling in again on our big 199th show. I know that I you'd like to talk about. I can't believe it. Are you going to get a big chocolate cake and ice cream next week? I don't know. Uh, an ice cream cake would be good. Uh, you know, uh, East Coasters, we probably remember Fudgy the Whale and all the other stuff. So a nice Fudgy the Whale would be wonderful. Uh, that's that an ice cream cake. Birthday party. Oh, my God. For, for folks out there, I don't want you thinking that's somebody down from a, a like hooker corner. Or the West Coast or whatever. It's, it's not somebody from standing on the corner. It is an ice cream cake. But, Monty, I know that you want to talk about General Hospital. So we've well, talked about masks. We've talked speak, about speak things. What's going duty? on? Yes. I was on it last month, but thank God you and I did not have a lawyer like Diane <laughs> that got Franco out of his murder charges throwing his tumor on the courtroom table. Well, you know, in fairness, none of the trials that I've ever been to, even the ones that I've watched on Judge Judy, have been quite that dramatic. But I do like to have courtroom surprises. Courtroom surprises are interesting. They're they're graphic. Yeah, they're unique. Uh, if you give me a moment, I'll try to come up with two more examples. <laughs> yeah. Break yourself. So, what do you want honestly, to talk about? That moment, honestly, that moment felt very much like it would fit easily on Boston Legal. The, yeah. You know, that show really did a great job of, you know, while sometimes their cases were really serious, other times they had kind of crazy over-the-top cases. And I could totally see James Spader's character on Boston Legal whipping out a tumor and putting it on the table. And ironically, since Bonnie is from Massachusetts, it plays in really well. So, Bonnie, yes. there are a lot of things going on. A lot of people are, are really excited about GH. I know that recently in the ratings, they've overtaken the young and the restless in some of the key demographics, which is certainly a good thing for a show that was is seems to at one point have been operating on borrowed time. What's hot on GH for you right now? What do you keep tuning in to see? Well... As you know, I am, and always will be, until it comes back in the air, a one-life to live in forever. Good. Um, and I do like the changes in um, the characters, you know what I'm saying? With Michael mm -hmm. Easton and Kristen Ollison and Roger Hayworth playing all new faces, which I'm applauding right now. 
But what I also like, and if you guys don't know this yet, that Leslie Charlson, um, Lynn Herring, and Christine Wagner all got um, contract roles now instead of recovering status on the show. Yay, it's about time to bring them back. So you like the fact that the show is tapping into its its history. I mean, it seems it is. to me that... And I like so that with like Robert Beck and Duke and Anna hooking up again. You know, that's old GH. Bringing in the new faces. Well, let me ask you, Bonnie, before we move on to the next caller, when mm-hmm. folks do that, I mean, obviously, if you're a longtime viewer, if you're someone who is familiar with these characters, it's a wonderful thing. It's great to have these characters back, and particularly the actors back that we love. But what about the folks who maybe were not watching, say, in the, the 1980s and early 1990s, who have really so, no idea? I mean, do you think that some of this is lost on them? Do you think that that could alienate them by not knowing the I history of these characters? I think, in a way, they'll be like, what are they talking about? But in a way, they're bringing it back and showing new people, you know what I'm saying, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like with Faison and Anna, you know, they're bringing back the old storylines in a way, but for a new generation to understand it more. Okay. Uh, Let me give you one opportunity to weigh in on some of the other courtroom things. Mm -hmm. Was the the Diane and the Tumor and the Franco thing, is that your choice for the most memorable, most shocking courtroom scene of all time? Recently, yes, but another one I thought of, I was only... (laughs) Show, here I am showing my age again. Um, five years old, and my mother was watching the Karen Warlock trial on One Night to Live. And I'm like, Mother, I'm like, Mommy, what's a hooker? <laughs> what like, what was her response? A hooker is something you, you put your clothes on and hang in your closet. That's what she told me. And on that. <laughs> I think on that body, we're gonna let you go, and so we don't uh, we don't have to tell anybody what a hooker is if they don't know. Thank it. you, and I want to say, um, Richard, I love you. Also, I've been following you for years. Oh and my congratulations god! Congratulations so again, and I love you guys. Well, thank you uh, so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. You know, Dan, I, I want to say something that you just brought something up that I've never really thought about, but it's a great point. For many viewers, you know, people always complain about, like, you know, we get a lot of complaints about, for example, Sabrina or other newbies. But for many people, some of these vets are as much newbies as would be, as would be Sabrina or, you know, or any of those characters. They, they don't know these people. They don't know the history of Anna and Duke and Faison and, and all that. And, it, that's a. I've never really thought about it that way, but you're really right. There are, you know, there's a whole new generation since we watched as, well, let's just go with younger men, <laughs> and 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 they these many of these characters are newbies to them. Well, I mean, I've always wondered about that, particularly since. Now, as we move further and further away from the so-called heyday, at least on like GH with the say the 80s, the demographic that the advertisers want were either not alive or not really old enough to know what was going on when these characters were there. And that's not to see, you know, that's not a, any sort of slight. That's not a comment about age or anything like that. I'm, I'm just, you know, looking no, at, a, at, strict, I, at a numbers, a numbers game. I here. have to say one of the things that has really always driven me a little bit nuts. Um, I, 
advertising and demos and all that make me a little bit nuts because, you know, every week I look at the various ratings for the soaps. And, you know, you look at a show like, say, I'm just going to make up numbers here, but let's say you're looking at The Young and the Russells and it has 5 million viewers. And then it says, you know, 1.1 million of those were in the desired demographic. And it makes me crazy that we live in a world where only that, you know, 18 to 34-year-old demographic matters. That means, you know, 80% of your audience doesn't matter to you. And I really, I don't understand that, to be honest. It just makes, it makes no sense to me. I don't either. Well, we're talking about demographics. I don't know about the mailroom over at Soaps in Depth, but we at SoapCentral.com still get postal mail. Yes, mail that people will write by hand, stick a stamp on it, and zap it off to our P.O. box. And I have some of those letters today. I'm going to open them up live on the air, hopefully there'll be no mysterious powders of any kind. Oh, in them, you're you're a braver bad. man than me. <laughs> Although I shouldn't say that. You know, when you were talking about, when somebody was suggesting, Bonnie was suggesting, you know, oh, you're going to have a chocolate cake. I was like, oh, God, I can just see people sending chocolate cakes. Now, in my office, if, if that happened, people would be like, oh, I'm not eating that. You don't know where it came from. And I'd be like, yeah, well, step aside because I'm eating it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could eat any mystery food. That would freak me out a little bit. Um, uh-huh. But I would certainly give it to the neighbors. And let them enjoy it. And then so, if they didn't die, say, why, yes, I will have leftovers. <laughs> Give it two or three days just to see what what takes, and uh, we'll go from there. So here we have from, let me see who. This is from C.J. Murray, it looks like. And we'll just read it quickly. It says, my question is, why in the world would you get rid of Phyllis, Michelle Stafford? She was one of the best on the show. Are you crazy? Here's another one from, uh, this, I can't see, can't read the name, but this is another one that we'll read here. It says, what is wrong with you guys? First, you get rid of Phyllis, which was a bad choice. Now, Dee Dee, we all know how this is going down. Eyes for little Connor. We all know how this is going to play out. Poor Adam blamed again for a tragedy. That will obviously then bring us as a natural segue into The Young and the Restless. And, Richard, I have to say that in terms of the volume of email that I have received, taking out maybe the cancellation of All My Children and One Life to Live, because that wasn't story-driven, that was an actual news event, I don't think that I've gotten this much mail uh, in, a, in a strong, outspoken way since Bianca came out on All My Children. And that was, what, almost 15 years ago, maybe? I don't know, maybe a little less than that. It was in 99, 2000, so say over 10 years ago. It's a big story. I, I agree. Um, we've seen... Just a huge reaction to this. Um, first of all, let's just let's just back up one second and address talk the Michelle that. Stafford rumor thing. And and in, and it's really important for people to understand. And this happened with um, Steve Burton as well. Very Sometimes smart. actors decide to leave of their own volition. Trust me, CBS wishes that she hadn't left. It's only like CBS pushed her out the door or wanted her to go. This was Michelle Stafford's decision to leave the show for whatever reason. And. Um, and even with, like, Steve Burton, when he jumped from General Hospital to Young and the Restless, and people were furious and blaming mm-hmm. General Hospital, and, and, and I think it's important for people to remember something that we often overlook as soap fans, and that is 
Excuse me, and then it, and then he died. Right. We often overlook the Heimlich maneuver, is, apparently. And that is that these are jobs. And yes. so when, for example, you know, Torsten K is approached and he has a job at All My Children, but, you know, it's kind of part-time and maybe it doesn't have the benefits that he wants to put it in terms that, you know, you and I would understand. And then he gets another company coming to him and saying, hey, we want to give you this, you know, this awesome promotion and a job and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll give you benefits. Actors are just like you and me. They just do their job in a different forum. And so sometimes actors, you know, decide, wow, I want to take this promotion or transfer or whatever you want to call it. And I think it's really important for us to understand that. So with Michelle Stafford, she left of her own choice. Somebody who doesn't want to be there. I mean, it's just like anything else, I guess. Right. As far as Delia, I have been saying for, you know, a week now, the it is undeniable, absolutely undeniable, that the acting on this show has been stellar. The actors have just, you know, whether you're looking at Billy Miller or Amelia Heinley or any of the other actors, uh, you know, uh, uh, Elizabeth Hendrickson involved in this story, it's been heartbreaking. Michael Muni, uh, just across the board, stunningly great acting. The scripts have actually been really heartfelt and beautiful. That said, I absolutely despise this story. I have actually not been able to watch it in large part um, because I found myself thinking, you know, my household has this child that's very precious of Gary's nephew Turnip. I have a niece, Kayla, and I found myself thinking of them during this. It gave me nightmares. And I was completely, for the first time that I can ever remember, actually, I, I mean, I've seen children die on soaps before. But I didn't really at that time have, you know, children in my life who meant as much to me. I literally was unable to watch. And I've never had that happen before in my life with a soap. So even when Stone died, you know, I, was, I recognized it as good drama, and, and I, but I was able to watch. This, you know, there have been at least three episodes that I have simply not been able to watch. And I, and I have to say, I agree with many, 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 many of the people that we have heard from, and I'm sure you have as well, who simply don't understand this decision, both on the level of why are you killing a child? This is not entertaining for an audience that is largely comprised of parents, but also from the level of it's not like this is a new story. There is, you know, it's not like we didn't see this exact same story with BJ's heart or with Jake on General Hospital. That's the thing that bothers me most, I think, when something is so iconic I mean, folks will know that, uh, you know, All My Children was a soap that I first got started on from listening to the show and from visiting Soap Central. But the the BJ storyline on General Hospital, they should never have attempted any type of child death slash transplant, even adult. They should not have done an adult death slash transplant of any kind, because I think that that was it. That was the one that can never be duplicated and soaps have tried since then and every single one maybe there's one or two exceptions but every single one to me has fallen flat it's also worth noting that this is a show that is just coming off the wildly emotional death of of both Jeannie Jeannie Cooper. Cooper and her character and we have the unsolved and temporarily forgotten for this other story, murder of, of Carmine. It just, it just, I don't understand it. You know, it's, it's as if, 
you know, I, I, it's almost as if they've, un, they've decided to brand this the unhappy hour. And, I, I, you know, I was saying to someone the other day, I'm, I'm literally, I have never been so grateful for the bold and the beautiful, ever. Because, you know, <laughs> after weeping my eyes out through The Young and the Restless or, or not being able to watch it, I can turn on the bold and the beautiful and get romance and, and glamour and, and, and escapism, which is, you know, what, to me, soaps have always been about and, and really done best. I'm not opposed to stories that are ripped from the headlines or that, you know, that reflect reality. But this just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't just, think just, that I don't CBS, I don't think CBS will be sending out a press release that says exactly what you just said anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that that would be great. Hey, stay tuned for The Bold and the Beautiful. It'll make you feel better. After the <laughs> right. We're going to take a call in just a moment, but I do want to read uh, an email from someone that sort of reiterates what you just said. It's from Carolyn, who says, I can't bring myself to watch the show anymore. Not after I found out they were going to have Delia die. People have too much hardship in their lives to have to deal with so much day after day with a storyline like this one. It was sad to lose Catherine, but that could not be helped. And people who have lived a full life is one thing. But a child is everyone's worst nightmare. It's so sad, but I can't do it anymore. With that, we're going to go to the phone lines and find out what a caller from, I believe, San Francisco has to say. We have William on the line. William, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. Um, I just wanted to share my opinion. I, I love The Young and the Restless. I watch it each and every day. And I love the Delia story. I love okay. every minute of it. I love the intense drama. I love. I, I I didn't know the story was coming, and I I was so blown away when it when the accident happened and um, everything. And I just love the story. Do you? I would assume if you're on any sort of social media, you must know that that's probably a very uncommon opinion what is your response yes, I, to that? I, I know it's quite taboo you don't kill a child even in a fictional tv show but i love that they dare to do the taboo you know go to do something taboo I, you know I, what though you know i would argue this isn't taboo i mean it happens all the time we see it in prime time we've seen it and we've seen it on soaps before and i think you know and i think that's the thing is it, 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 there's, it's not so much that it's taboo, is that it's not entertaining. And that is a soap's first job, is to be entertaining. Now, I, I believe with all, I, you know, I'll be interested to see uh, the, this week and next week, over the next few weeks, the ratings when they come out, because I, I don't remember the last time I have seen, and I encourage people not to do this, but I can't believe how many people I've seen say, that's it, I can't watch this show anymore. And they, I'm you know, letting you know that I I love watching each and every scene. They're giving Emmy-winning performances. This is a, a great story. This is what soaps are about. I, I like the romance, but I love the drama better. This is great drama. You know what my fear is? That they will submit this for an Emmy, and they will get an Emmy for it. And then every soap will say, oh, you know what, we need to kill a kid. Because that's what it feels like to me. It feels like it's designed to get buzz. If I felt like this was a heartfelt original story, I would be all, you know, I would be more on board with it. I still would not be fond of it because I, again, I think a medium that is aimed at largely at women and largely at mothers 
you know, mothers for the most part do not want to sit at home and think about the mortality of their children. But I think, you know, I really, I just, I'm so afraid that that is going to be the takeaway from this is that if they get rewarded for this, that, that they and other shows are going to think that, you know, that, that, that large portions of the audience want this. And while there are people, you're not alone. I've had other people say, you know, oh my God, I really love this story. And I get it. I totally do. Like as a pure, on a level of pure drama, I understand loving, loving, you know, the, the acting is amazing. I, I just, I worry about it. I, I, I just, I, it, I just don't like the idea of, you know, dead kids yeah. being entertainment. Let me jump in here, Bennett, before we uh, before we have to move along because I don't want to run out of time. But William, before uh, one of the things we were talking about with me being on jury duty were memorable courtroom scenes. As a fan of Y and R, is there any courtroom scene that comes to mind for you as one of the most memorable? Um, I'm not thinking of anything right now. Sorry. If you know what you can do, think about it. You can share it with us on Twitter or on our Facebook page, and uh, and we'll, well definitely chat. I just chat mainly that wanted to give my total support for the Delia story. I've been reading the message boards uh, on all the different sites, and everyone bashing the show for it. And I needed to express that I loved it. And you know what? And just to let everyone know who is listening, there isn't one right opinion. I mean, unless you count mine unless it's mine we do william i i don't want anyone to ever think that maybe Completely they can't agree. call in because they have an opinion that isn't shared by the masses or they don't think that it is because they're seeing uh, a whole bunch of tweets one way or the other we like to talk about all of the different opinions and see why people feel the way they do and to sort of have a discussion because to me that's more important than someone not speaking up and talking about how they feel about a storyline so thank you William not for calling only, in. Not only that but it's more interesting I mean I don't want I always say on my show I don't want a bunch of people calling in who agree with me that's boring I want to have the conversation I want to stimulate the discussion and the debate you know I want to hear why people like things that, you know, maybe they see it from a different point of view than I do. And, 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 and even if they are the only, you know, I, my, my favorite example of this is, and I, I've said this before, Jennifer and Daniel. I finally found somebody who likes Days of Our Lives, Jennifer and Daniel. And I was actually so into talking to them because I was like, what are you seeing that 99% of the world isn't seeing? So I, I think I, it's interesting. You know, in I particularly, love it. Yeah. If, if the writers obviously come up with something that they see when they're doing these storylines, they're not just living in a vacuum. You know, they see potential, you would hope, you would think. So certainly there are things that play out. I want to make sure that we get to another caller. We have to take her very quickly because we are running down on time, but I know she mentioned on Facebook and Twitter uh, that she was calling in. We have Kimberly from New York, who does also want to weigh in on The Young and the Restless. Kimberly, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hi. Um, yeah, I have a lot to say about <clears throat> Y&R and the whole Delia thing. Well, first, we only have I'm, a couple of moments, so you'll have to condense it down just a bit. Yeah. First, I think it's a good story that they're telling that you don't leave your kids unattended for any reason. And Amen. second of all... Second of all, I think that Elizabeth Hendrickson has done a phenomenal job with the acting. Normally, I find Chloe very annoying, very cold-hearted, very selfish. And this time, you know, she hit it right out of the ballpark. And I'm sorry to see Delia go. She was just the sweetest, cutest little girl. And uh, I thought 
also, I felt bad for Billy. He lost his daughter. And two, this is just one more thing that Victor can pick on him about. You know, and so there's a lot of complexities. And I think it's, I think this is probably uh, with uh, Chelsea and Billy and Chloe. I think they're doing the best acting they've ever done, really. In all and honesty. Kimberly, you'd mentioned that this is a, a really a cautionary tale not to ever take your eyes off of your children, not even for a second. Are you a mom? No, I'm not, but I've heard horror stories. And I know kids don't listen. He told her, lock the doors and everything. But most of the time, you know, it would be better a child that age who's under the age of 12 or 13 to at least uh, come into a store. I mean, he was gone two minutes to get ice cream and look what happened within two minutes well I Kimberly, to say, i want to I thank agree. you so much I, for I, calling in we have to move on but i just want to make sure before richard talks that we we thank you for 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 calling in so richard go ahead sure. I, I have to say kimberly i agree with you so much i and i really love that the show has also they're playing that they're playing chloe's anger at billy for leaving her they're playing billy's anger at himself because he knows they was stupid. And, you know, and this is a guy who has made so many stupid mistakes in his life, and he knows better. And so, yeah, I think, I think all of the different angles, as far as that's concerned, if, if, you know, if it helps one parent see that they should not do that, then, you know, God bless it. It's, it's definitely worth it. And if I could just place a quick plug here, um, if you want to know kind of the, some of the details about what happens next, including, like, how Adam plays into and whether he confesses and... And, you know, where we obviously know this is going with the transplant and stuff, um, our new cover story, which is just showing up now, is, is, is titled After the Tragedy. And it's, you know, all about this story. And it's, it's, it's a pretty good read. Even, I don't, I don't love the dead, dead child story, but it's a pretty good read. <laughs> so look for the issue of CBS Soaps in Depth, where you do shopping where there's magazines. You can also, I'm sure, go online. You can order it there. There are all kinds of different places. But be on the lookout for it. You're saying it's just now popping up in yeah, it, places it's a here and there. Yeah, it's on Stan's Monday, but it shows up a lot of places today. Great. Well, we only have a couple of minutes since we're talking about not keeping, uh, you know, keeping an eye on your children and not taking your eyes off of them. Because when you don't, they start smashing things and running through the town square, you know, breaking windows and all that other stuff. It's days of our lives. <laughs> There's some stuff going on in days of our lives. We only really have about a minute or two to discuss it. But, uh, you know, they had a party and they had the sort of soap stereotypical gathering and a shooting at a gathering. We're talking about responsibility. Is it responsible in 2013 to do shootings at parties on a soap, even though it's fictional. You know, there are a lot of shootings going on in, in the real world, or am we just being too sensitive? You know, I think, and of course, this doesn't make me sound like a hypocrite having just gone off on the Young and the Restless for killing a child, but I think that you've got, there's, there's a point where, where you know, what, what stories are you going to tell? Now, of course, you could look at the, at the Bold and the Beautiful and say, well, you know what, the Bold and the Beautiful doesn't have those problems. They're the number one soap in the world, and, you know, distributed all over the place, and rarely do they use violence or gunplay or anything like that. So there is that. Um, but unless you're doing that kind of soap, which I wish more people did, you know, you're going to limit yourself if you start saying, well, in 2013, should we do stories that include, you know, rape? Should we do stories that include gun violence? Should we do... So, I don't know. I mean, I think the difference is that one is sort of a soapy violence. You know, the bereaved widow shows up at a 
at a party and tries to shoot Sammy and blah, blah, blah. That's kind of like a little bit over the top. And it's played as a little bit over the top. Whereas Delia's death is so relatable as to be painful and, 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 and hard to watch. So I don't know. I mean, I don't have the answers. I really wish I did. I like it when you don't have the answers. It makes me happy. It's rare. <laughs> it's so rare. It's, you know, I feel like I've, I've finally found the man behind the curtain when I've been on my way to try to get back to Kansas. But with that, unfortunately, Richard, the verdict is in, and we are officially out of time for this week's show. Isn't that, that sad? sad? It, it makes does. me sad. I really, uh, folks, you know, I have to say, I know Dan outside of, you know, you guys know us, we have these fun little chats and stuff, but I know him outside of that, and I have to say, he is one of the nicest people I know, genuinely. I really just always enjoy talking to him, whether it's here or outside of the show. So, you know, it's, it's just cool that you guys get to hang out with us, because we have a good time together. Well, thank you for that, and keep that in mind as we move on with what I'm about to say, because that opinion may change. Uh, 199 shows down. Next week, it's a special broadcast. It's Soap Central Live's 200th episode with a look back at some of the most memorable moments of the past 200 weeks. That sounds like a really long time. But if you'd like to record some sort of congratulatory message or talk about what you've liked most about the show, you can go to our Twitter page at Soap Central or our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Soap Central or, of course, our official show page, SoapCentral.com slash radio to find our 24-7 feedback line. You can call in and record a little message and it may be played during next week's celebration. So try to keep it short so we can fit in as many as possible. But if you'd like to do that, again, head over to SoapCentral.com slash radio, look for our call-in line, and you can record it. Uh, and while you're there, of course, you can also check out any other episode of Soap Central Live. Each episode that we've ever done, all 199 now, is available for free on-demand listening on your PC, your Apple, or your Android device. And since we're talking about things that are almost 200, I would like to wish my executive producer, John, a happy birthday. <laughs> I'm so glad he's not in the office because he would probably pull the plug on the show. But happy birthday to John. And of course, Richard, I want to thank you so much for dropping by as always. And as you said, uh, we do know each other offline, which is, is rare. There's so many people that I deal with online, even people who work for me that I've, I've never met in 18 years, which is, is sort of amazing. And I appreciate that you are always willing to come here on the show and chat about our soaps and all the stuff that we love. So thank you so much for dropping by. Anytime. Uh, what we have like thirty seconds. What are some of the shows that you are tweeting primetime on your dispatches uh, Twitter account? We're sending out the address, but what can folks expect from you there? A little bit of everything, really. I mean, I watch everything from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which starts again on November fourth. Uh, Grey's Anatomy, Revenge, and and even not just soapy stuff. I watch you know sitcoms and stuff. Like I just tweeted last week's episode of The Mindy Project, which is a very uneven show, but that was one of the funniest episodes I had seen uh, since it started. So a little bit of everything. All right. Well, there'll be a little bit of everything next week. As I said, it's our 200th episode celebration, so we'll be back then. It's October 25th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. 
Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.